Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. You're listening to the JT The Brick Show, where the Raider Nation has come to sound off and react for over 20 years. It's time for JT The Brick. How are we doing? Baby, I'm great. JT, how are you doing? I'm not a journalist. I'm an opinionated sports talk host. We have a goal. We have ideas. We know exactly what we want to do here. Just win, baby. The Raiders' schedule is brutal. It's a second-place schedule that's front-loaded heavy and back-loaded heavy. The fans of the Raider Nation. Sound off like you got a pair. JT The Brick. I'm talking about the notorious ones, the out-of-control fans, the passionate fans. All of you fans are invited to be a part of the show. I'd like you to come in big and come in with a purpose. And that's it. Use the phone like a weapon. Enjoy everything we do. And please always feel welcome to call in and to tweet and to be a part of the show. Fair enough? And now, here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT, on a busy week here. A lot of news as we open up the show at noon to 2 on the flagship of the Silver and Black Raider Nation Radio, 9.20 a.m., where I found out they're listening to us in Indianapolis as my buddy downloads the show, and he's listening because of the breaking news here that Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro have both been placed on injured reserve for the Raiders. That news broke today right in front of me. I've been in the building uh, for most of the morning here, I just interviewed head coach Josh McDaniels. I was thinking of playing it today, but I think we're going to save it for tomorrow and talk about what we have to talk about with the Colts. That television interview will air on Saturday night following college football on ABC here in town. And it's kind of a gut punch. And I've been in the building for a lot of breaking news, but I was there today and I knew about Hunter Renfro. Didn't have my phone on the set to tweet it to you, but I knew about it before. I think anybody, because I was right there when the coach told me. And uh, Darren Waller, who we found out earlier in the day, but right before we went on and did our interview, Hunter Renfro on IR. And both these guys are hurt. They are injured, and this is nothing to dive into and look crazy about. Waller and Renfro will both miss at least four games, starting with the matchup against the Colts, not eligible to return until that big Thursday night game, December 8th, against the world champion, world champion Los Angeles Rams. So that's where we are, Raider Nation. When guys can't play and they're injured and they're put on injured reserve, we, we, we hold the highest regard for them to get healthy. Okay, we don't question athletes and professional athletes when they're injured. We're pissed off. We're bummed. We want them to play. But that makes you look really silly if you question someone's inability to get on the field when they're injured. Now, we know that Darren's had the hamstring for a long time. Uh, Hunter Renfro, as we're reporting here, he was concussed earlier in the season and was a pretty big deal. That was one of the uh, more vicious hits you've seen for a smaller guy to take via a concussion. And I don't think Hunter was right ever since that at all. And now we are finding out here that we're going to see a player that we were counting on to have a big, big year not available to play. And that hurts because Hunter Renfro is a big-time player. He was paid here, and you'd like to see him play, but he has an oblique issue, Darren Waller with the hamstring. And we'll see how that plays out going forward. And on the, as Tashawn Reed reported 20 minutes ago, and to top things off, Raiders linebacker Blake Martinez has retired. He missed practice yesterday due to a personal reason, and now we know why. I probably wouldn't keep playing football if I had millions in Pokemon cards. That's from Deshaun. Yeah, he's been a great businessman. He's got a lot of money. 
with these Pokemon cards. I don't play Pokemon cards. I, I don't knock people who do. Don't blame me for that. But, hey, I would love to retire and walk away. When I retire and walk away, you better throw a party for me. A lot of people are going to be happy for it. You won't hear from me again. I promise you, unless you catch me on the golf course or at the beach or whatever. But maybe I should have. Maybe I should have invested all those Raider paychecks. And a true story, for about three or four years... Of my Raider years, I never cashed a check. I did the Jay Leno, and I just deposited them and put them in an account for my sons. And now I am bleeding through that money in the stock market and having two sons out of state college tuition. So thank God I did that back in the day, but that's for a different podcast. Also, I got a couple of podcasts up there that I want to tell you about later. So what do you want to do here, everybody? You know, Raider fans, are, you've been through a lot. Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller today. People are looking at their alerts on their phones going, are you kidding me? Well, you knew Darren wasn't right, and you knew Hunter wasn't right. And Hunter is with this oblique injury and what they're deciding to do with him are protecting the asset, the player, long term. So Waller, here's the interesting thing. Waller, three years, $51 million. Renfro, two years, $32 million in offseason extensions. But neither has been able to stay on the field this year. You put that along with Devontae, Josh Jacobs playing well, Derek Carr, who's been on the injured list recently through his back, uh, trying to play through all of that. That's where we're at. And uh, and to throw everything up in the air, the Colts are in town, and everybody's talking about the Colts. Nobody's talking about the Raiders other than our flagship station. NFL Network, today they are because of the, the guys on IR and some of the other players that are out there that haven't been able to go. But everybody is intrigued with this game. And I did my job. I asked a coach about his relationship and what he could tell us about Jeff Saturday. There's nothing to ask the coach about Jeff Saturday and his coaching. He's never coached. So he's not going to sit there and tell us on the flagship radio station, well, he has a tendency to run it to the right on third down. They like play action. No, no, no. Nothing. We have nothing on this guy as a coach and his play caller. We have nothing. So... You know, Coach told me, and he talked about Jeff Saturday and having the team ready to play, what a great player he was, and how they know each other and all that. Look, the elephant in the room is the Colts better not come in here and win this game. Let's just get that out of the way. Can they win the game? Absolutely. Any NFL team can beat another NFL team. Brings me to last night. I watched HBO Hard Knocks in season with the Arizona Cardinals. Raise your hand and beep your horn if you saw that. It was excellent. Kyler Murray going up against Seattle. So it's in week, right? So the footage was amazing. You forget how good it is on Hard Knocks to see it. And the coach, Cliff Kingsbury, was there standing in front of the team at 3-5 and five and put up a video graphic on the screen in front of the whole team and said, if we win our next two games, our third game, because they're all division games, he goes, if we win these next two games, the third game we're playing for first place. It's like, Wow. That's a hell of a motivational speech. You sit down with your players and say, hey, if we win the next two, that's it. Our third game, we're playing for the division. Buda Baker was made this speech where he was crying in the locker room, the, lo- the loss before. It was really good. And they went out there, and they had a week of practice, and then Seattle comes into their building and beats them. After all that emotion, rah, 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 are they prepared? Are they ready? Who's the team leader? J.J. Watt, all that. Gino came in and beat them 31 to 21. Just beat them. And they couldn't get off the field on third down. So, what are the Raiders playing for today? Let me give you a couple things. First off, what Al Davis said they're playing for pride. 
What else did Al Davis say? Just win, baby. Every game, Mark Davis demands winning from the players and coaches who he is paying a bucket of cash to. These players need to play for the fans and ownership, you and me, everybody else there. And I think they do. I think they play hard. I think they prepare well. But now it's next man up, and it's been next man up for a while. No divine Diablo. We start looking around at the players. They said goodbye to Jonathan Abram. Cut him. And you have the right now to suggest what they're doing with the roster and what they're thinking about with the roster as they're trying to compete at the halfway point of the year. I think that the Raider rally, remember that? We used to do that in Jack London Square, the Raider rally, if you remember that. The Raider rally should have started in New Orleans. It didn't. Then it should have progressed in Jacksonville, and they played brilliant in the first half until like a minute to go in the first half. That, that, that slid downhill, and they should have won that game. Now they get to the Colts where they have an opportunity to go 3-1 and one at home. That'd be pretty cool to go 3-1 and one at home in Allegiant Stadium, take care of the home field, which is important long-term, do it in front of the fans because there's not going to be a home game for a while after this because they go on the road for two. So there's a lot to play for in this game, but everybody is concentrating on the fact that the Colts are national news. So the Colts are good. They're better than their record. The Raiders are much better than their record, but you are what your record is. So I think that we should talk about today your expectations for this game. I'd like some Raider fans to come in and tell me exactly what you want in this game. What are you expecting? What do you want to see? Jake Query will join us from Indianapolis. He's a Colts insider. Very good. He'll tell us everything we need to know about the Colts. Johnny Katz on entertainment. Uh, You know who's playing for the Raiders this weekend? I know Raider fans want to talk football. John Fogarty is the halftime performer, the legend, Rock and Roll Hall of Famer. He's playing four songs at halftime. It's going to be unbelievable. John Fogarty is your entertainment. Johnny Katz on all that. Gary Lawless, our hockey insider, will join us a little bit later on. And Lee Sterling will pick games with us in about a half hour. Kevin Bollinger, kind enough to join us, the sports director at Fox 5 and Kevin, big day. I just left the building and found out about all this like you did about an hour ago. Darren Waller and then the surprise, Hunter Renfro on IR. How do you see it? Yeah, I mean, man, uh, this is a, a rough day uh, in terms of uh, the Raiders and, and the offense. And it, it's, you know, two guys that, uh, you know, are, are tough to replace in that offense and be successful. They've been without Waller, obviously, uh, a lot this season. But, um, you know, time for, for guys to, to step out up. And uh, Dave Ziegler told us when we were in Florida that they need to evaluate uh, what they have here. Uh, and they're going to get a look at some some of their younger guys to see what they, they need to do moving forward. Yeah, Kevin, it really looks that way. Again, when you put injured players on injured reserve, you don't really have to look that deep. We know what's been happening with Waller all season long. And then you throw in the retirement of Blake Martinez, who's a very important player now that Diablo's out, but he plays a similar position than Perryman. You know, historically a linebacker on the inside here. And I don't want to get into the reasoning behind this too, but no doubt the roster is getting shaped for the end of the season and what Dave Ziegler is going to want to do next year. Yeah, it all comes down to looking ahead to the future. Uh, this this last road trip kind of put put to an end any type of of uh, a run to make any type of a postseason push this year, and so now it's a matter of trying to set things up for the off season and the future. We saw that with 
Jonathan Nabrum being waived earlier this week. Uh, now with the IRR moves and then with Blake Martinez announcing his retirement, uh, they're trying to get everything uh, shuffled around and set up for what they need when they hit that, that busy offseason period uh, after the Super Bowl's over and they go into the combine and into the draft. Kevin Bollinger, Fox 5. So let's get to the big elephant in the room is this Jeff Saturday head coach story. How big of a story is it on Fox 5 when you look and you heard about it initially and then you did a double take and said, wait a second, that's not right. Oh, it is. Jeff Saturday is going to come off first take with Stephen A. Smith and coach a game this upcoming Sunday. What should the Raiders be concerned about? Well, I think the bigger concern is with the play caller that they're bringing in who doesn't have any experience play calling, and that means that they don't have any tendencies uh, on what he likes to do in certain situations. Uh, Obviously, he'll be in console with Jeff Saturday. They don't have any tendencies on him either. So they're not going to change the offense in in a week's time. Uh, But in terms of uh, aggressiveness or what they like to do in certain down and, and distance situations, there's really nothing to go on with this group that's going to be calling offensive plays. I think in the short-term future, that's the one thing that they're going to kind of have to change things on the fly. And the other thing, you know, the just saying thing has gotten a, a lot of attention. It's not like a Ted Lasso situation where, where they're bringing in some guy that doesn't even know anything about the sport. Uh, I think, you know, from he's going to be more of a, a managerial-type position mm-hmm. uh, and, a, and a motivator that's kind of just kind of line everything up and then let the assistant coaches do their job. Yeah, Parks Frazier will be the name call, uh, play caller, and he works well with Sam Ellinger because he's worked with him for a while, but Ellinger's got no stats. He was sacked nine times, waiting to throw a touchdown here. But we know he's mobile, and I talked to Q, who covered him in college, and I, I watched him play at Texas, and what he, I think the strength of his game is keeping his head up when he's forced out of the pocket, he's got an arm that can make any throw. He's an NFL starting quarterback. We know that, but he has the versatility to run, and that concerns me with the Raiders having their eyes, you know, take him off Pittman, the receiver who can make plays, or Jonathan Taylor, reportedly who's going to go here, and just make sure this young quarterback who hasn't had any success, it's been a nightmare start for him, don't give him the opportunity to have a big game. We saw... Taylor Heineke last year play well. We saw guy Justin Fields didn't play well, but made a couple of big plays. He can't win this game or keep them in the game with his legs. If that happens, the Raiders got to be aware of it because that's all that's all he can do. I think. I don't think he's going to be able to sit back in the pocket after getting sacked nine times in New England and pick the Raiders apart. And we saw Trevor Lawrence use his legs last week in Jacksonville. He hasn't done a ton of that as a pro, even though he did it a lot as a collegiate player. And it's something that, that we talked about in the locker room with some of the players after afterwards. And, you know, and we saw them struggle with the Taysom Hill, which is a whole different scenario uh, than what they're facing this week. But Trevor Lawrence, you know, was able to get out and use his legs, and that set them up to do a lot of different things in terms of Jacksonville coming back from that thing. And I agree they can't let that happen this week with Indianapolis, especially if Jonathan Taylor goes and you have the threat of him. Uh, if you add that, that added element uh, of Ellinger being able to, to get out to, and use his legs, I think that uh, you know that's, that's one issue that's got to be concerned. Kevin Bollinger joins us from Fox 5, proud partner of the Raiders. He gets a lot of exclusive content. You should follow him on Twitter and also catch everything he does with Vince Sapienza and their entire team over at Fox 5. So uh, the big thing now is Carr. The, the, the spotlight now must go on Derek Carr, like it or not. 
Okay, nine years with the team. He's got Devontae. They got him some help with Devontae. But Waller goes out and Renfro is out. That means Foster Moreau, very capable player here. Matt Collins, who they brought in, very capable player here. Carr's got enough weapons plus Josh Jacobs and the depth of Abdullah, Zamir White. There's plenty of guys on the offense. Do you expect Carr to have his shining moment this Sunday at Allegiant Stadium, have a big game? Well, he's, uh, I agree. He's going to have to step up. And we know Devontae Adams now is going to be uh, seeing a lot different coverages. Not that he wasn't before anyway, but when you take away uh, both Waller and Renfro, it makes it uh, a little bit uh, easier for, for the defense to say, I'm going to let somebody else beat me besides him uh, in terms of the receptions. And, and, and we're talking about getting out and running. Uh, you know, Carr doesn't do that uh, as much. And so... I, this is uh, one of those games where, where hopefully they're they're setting the stage for Josh Jacobs and he's able to run the football. I think they're going to need to utilize him. Yeah, I would agree with you, Kevin. Running the running the ball is what they were able to do for three games in a row and get some momentum going here. But I I believe. And I'll go down with this because I am going down with this. It's a two and six team. Everybody who agreed with me, we're wrong on this. I thought this was going to be a pass first team that spread everybody out, spread everybody out, went four wide, empty backfield, and just got the ball out early. The thing about Derek this year, and it's not his fault, is that the offensive line is not very good at pass protection. So I thought the way they'd counter that is the ball would come out very quickly. And who would it come out to? Hunter Renfro or Darren Waller. That's their position group. Tight ends, slot receivers get the ball quickly as it takes time for Devontae to get open downfield. We haven't seen much of that. Yeah, and we're in a situation now when you're talking about the offensive line, you know, going to uh, uh, maybe a a six-person set in Mm -hmm. terms of – we're going to have to see more of Jasper Horstead, who now slides into the number two tight end spot. Uh, maybe not as much of a hands guy uh, as the others, but it, it really kind of uh, taps into what the Raiders can, can do and the reliance on the type of people that they had uh, to, to do it. So uh, that, that's going to be a, you know how they set up their offensive line, how they use the two tight ends that they do have. Uh, to me is going to be something that I'm going to be looking for this Sunday. Uh, you know, Kevin, one last one. You were out there on the road trip to Florida. You can't do a, a halftime show on radio. you got to wait till the pre or the post game. And the halftimes look pretty good against Arizona, against Jacksonville, <laughs> against Kansas City. And I, the coach has been asked at nauseum, what's it going to take? To the point where we don't need to ask him anymore. He knows that we know. Raider Nation knows that the team's got to be better coming out of the tunnel. But I think this game, they got to be really fast starting. They can't give Jeff Saturday and the Colts any belief that they can get to halftime and then put together a couple of drives and maybe be in it late in the fourth quarter. I think the fast start is going to be imperative. Salute the service game at home, Raider fans at home. Tell me what you think needs to happen in the first quarter of this upcoming game. I agree. Fast starting in both the first and the third quarter. And to me, where the Raiders have had some faults here and letting up these 17-0 leads, is they're giving up a score late in the first yes, half. Yes, yes. Uh, and, you know, we saw it in the Kansas City game. Carlson kicks a field goal with under 30 seconds to go, and you think, wow, the Raiders are in good shape. They allow a 59-yard field goal at the gun, and then Kansas City starts to come back. And then, you know, the, the two-for-one with Jacksonville getting the late score in the first half and then taking the opening uh, kickoff in the second half and going down and scoring. For me, that, that end of the second quarter, first part of the third, 
has been where they've had the chink in the armor. And so they need to get after the fast start, but the, the attention to detail and the focus at the end of the first half and beginning of the second, to me, is, is where they have to clean things up. Thank you, Kevin. You've been really busy covering sports in town. I'll see you out at the stadium on Sunday. Thank you. Thank you, JT. Good to see you. That's our insider, Kevin Bollinger. We switch off every two weeks. Kevin and Vince Sapienza are proud partners here at Fox 5 as we open up the show. We're brought to you by PTs, the best happy hour in town. They own the Strat. Rick Springfield's coming to the Strat. How do I know? Again, over coffee this morning, the wife says, wow, Taylor Swift's here. Rick Springfield's coming. I said, who are you talking to? I go see Rush 54 times. I saw The Who last weekend. I ain't going to Taylor. I'm sure she's going to do well. Rick Springfield, you go with your girlfriends and have a great time. Jesse's girl and all that at the Strat where they're doing a nice job with their live entertainment. Sammy Hagar has a residency there. He brought up Bob Weir at one point there. Check out the music, the entertainment over at the Strat. So Raider Nation, I'm open here till about 45 after. Lee Sterling comes on. He's going to pick games. Man, Lee's been hot. His game of the year hit. Remember, his game of the year was Patriots over the Jets. Everyone's in love with the Jets. He nailed that game uh, last week in the NFL. Let me get the text quickly. Yep, here it is. Last week, he was a nice... 2-0 on this show, highlighted by Georgia's dominant win over Tennessee. And Lee Sterling on this show. DeMond, I wish you could get it. Last week he picked Detroit outright over Green Bay. And you know what happened in that game? Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay got their butt kicked, and Lee Sterling gave it to us for free. Uh, he's got a couple of games coming up here, a two-college and a pro game, including a free pick for Buffalo and Minnesota there. Man, that's a good one. Also, Dallas-Green Bay is a game we'll touch on there. So, Raider fans, you've been really angry this week. You've been upset and angry because of what happened in Jacksonville. We spent an extra day on the aftermath Monday, Tuesday. Yesterday, Wednesday, we were kind of going all over the place. Today, it's full-on Colts. What concerns you about the Colts? Or how about some fans calling in about what they're excited about in this game? What can the Raiders do to rally in this game and play their best game of the year. Do you think they're capable of doing that with Hunter Renfro on IR and Darren Waller officially on IR? Do you think that they can get through that and take a Colts team that was so embarrassed last week in New England? I mean, embarrassed last week, they have only one where to go. They can only go up from here. I wish we got the Colts' performance in New England. I wish I can guarantee you that here Sunday. I can't do that. I expect the Colts to play better. I expect that the Colts and Jeff Saturday will have the team ready to go. I expect the Colts to come out of the tunnel ripping out the wallpaper in the Allegiant Stadium visitors' locker room. I think that they'll be ready to go in the first 10 minutes of the game, and the Raiders got to stop that emotion. They got to stop that emotion with the three and out on defense. Are you with me on that? Can these guys get off the field against Sam Ellinger, can they get off the field? And if they don't go three and out on the first play, can they go three and out on the next series? Can they get off the field consistently all day? They have to because you won't believe the numbers here on the Colts. Defensively, this is just defense. The Colts are ranked fifth in the entire NFL in yards given up, 306 a game. The Colts are ranked sixth in the NFL, DeMond, with pass defense. Sixth overall, they only give up 192 games, 192 yards in the air. That ranks sixth, and they rank fifth on third down. 
Fifth, top five in the league. What does that mean? Derek Carr, third and seven, third and nine, third and four. They get off the field. They're ranked fifth. The Raiders are ranked 30th on third down defense. So you're going to see a good game, everybody. You're going to see a Colts defense that is top five in, in many categories. You're going to see a Raider offense that is ranked in some categories decently. Pass offense is ranked 13th. Total offense, 16th, kind of middle of the pack. So you expect that the Raiders are going to come out aggressively running it, throwing it, and, and trying to move the ball quickly. And then they got to find a way to get off the field because the Colts offense, ooh, <laughs> points per game, points per game, the Colts, dead last. 32nd out of 32nd, they give up 14. They give they score 14.7 points a game. On average, they're good for 14, everybody. Raiders in this game got to put up 40. How are you going to do that against the top, you know, five, fifth-ranked defense at times? I need Raider fans to make this doable. Does that make sense on the radio? I need Raider Nation to tell me how this is doable. I'm not asking to go into Buffalo and beat the Bills at full strength. I'm not asking to go into Kansas City. I'm asking to protect the home field, come out ready to play, which they have been. At three games, they're up 17 or 20 points. They've come out quick. They've schemed well. And then keep the momentum going and finish off the game. I am looking for this team to show up prepared with energy. I want to see the guys that are healthy stay in the course. Continue building towards consistency on both sides of the ball. No half-ass effort. Simply put, man up and play football and win a game. That's what I expect as we open up the show. What do you got? 702-365-9200. Opening up next, and then we're flooded on the back end with some really good guests. Great to be with you here today. I love my job. I love the opportunity that I can come in here and talk to the Raider Nation. The tough day today. Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller on short-term IR. Will they get off IR for the for the Rams game? Or will they be on IR and will this season be lost? We don't know. Let's let's handle what we know as we open up the show on Raider Nation Radio. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show, brought to you by the Botanist Gin, the number one fastest growing brand. Step up your cocktail game with the Botanist Gin. JT, welcome back. Thanks for coming back, everybody. Hope everyone's doing well today. Thanks to our partner, Remy Martin, Team Up for Excellence. They'll be at the Big Smoke. The biggest cigar Super Bowl is in town this week, as it always is. And I'll be able to stop by with my friends from Remy Martin as they team up for excellence. We're taking your phone calls. We want to hear from you on what the Raiders need to do to win this game big, to have an explosion, to have a monster game, to have that type of game, even though Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro would just put on injured reserve. They'll miss at least four games. Uh, Mr. Black in Hawaii, good to hear from you. Start us off. Hey, JT. Yeah, that's tough that uh, Waller and Renfro, geez, that's, that's rough. But I agree with you. Just get the attitude. Come out and play tough, hard-nosed football. You know, I'm an old-timer, so I remember a lot of the old phrases. And back in the 60s, their nickname didn't catch on uh, nationwide. But I remember when they used to call the defense the 11 Angry Men. Yes. Oh, he thought that was killer. You know, you make right, a, a good day. You know, one thing quickly, Mr. Black, before you go. 
You're right oh, yeah. about that group because I've been able to interview some of the surviving members of that group over the years and in Canton, Ohio, and to know that, and you nailed it. The 11 angry men and the players who played in that unit, all they did was run to the ball. They, they had 10 they hats did. on the ball. They had guys they who were going did. to sideline. That's why they were a legendary group. You know Soul Patrol, Soul Patrol 1, Soul, Soul Patrol, Patrol 2. You know that. Right? What were they famous for? Obviously the violent hits that made it on NFL films, but they were known for hustling. They were known for, for hustling. hustling. And in, in, uh, and, uh, uh, um, oh, my goodness, I lost the, the word. Okay. Uh, you know, in, 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 uh, imitation. Yeah, I mean, not yeah. imitation. Intensity. You know, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, intensity. Appreciate the call. I uh, appreciate you. Intimidating. Intimidating. <laughs> there you go. Right on. All right, Jake. Thanks. Appreciate Later. you calling from Hawaii, man. We really appreciate that. He's calling from Hawaii on the Raiders mobile app. I got a guy texting me right now, right now on the air from Indianapolis, that I can't believe I can hear you live. They're taking snippets of this show and running it in Indy. Okay? So that's what they're doing today. If we didn't have this mobile app, man, if we didn't have this mobile app, man, Come on, let's get this going. Anywhere in the country, you could talk Raider football the entire year. And I have a lot of respect for what the Colts have tried to do. What they've tried to do since Andrew Luck, they got screwed with Andrew Luck retiring. What a player he was. I always thought, I'm not a betting man, but I always thought that Andrew Luck would come out of retirement. I did, because the money's too, the money's ridiculous. The money's $240 million guaranteed for Deshaun Watson. A man of no character, a man who has zero character, who's been accused of what he's done to women, $240 million. Andrew Luck was better than him. So if Andrew Luck just called up the union and said, hey, I'm putting in my paperwork, I'm reinstating myself into the league, and Andrew Luck came out of retirement, he hasn't got hit in, what, four or five years? Tom Brady's 45. Andrew Luck could come in and play tomorrow. Give him a year, give him a year. To get it going again. What a great quarterback. So I thought he was the best quarterback to come into the league since Peyton Manning at the time when he came in. And they had to deal with that. Now, look, the Raiders have drafted some bad quarterbacks over the years. Jamarcus Russell, you go down the list of all the quarterbacks that the Raiders swung and missed on, along with some other draft picks. But remember, Indy's whole philosophy changed when Andrew Luck was gone. And now they've been trying to dig out of that hole, but they're really physical. They're one of the biggest physical teams we can see out there. Reserve Raider on the flagship of the Silver and Black ahead. He's gone. So that opens up a line for you. 702-365-9200 if you're ready to roll here. A couple other points from my conversation with Josh McDaniels uh, as we talk, and you'll hear that tomorrow. He knows how tough this front is. I asked him about this front, and I asked him to compare it to Jacksonville and New Orleans. One of the things that no one's talking about here with what's happening with the Raiders, the last three games, so this is the third out of the last two on the Florida road trip, New Orleans into Florida, they face Cam Jordan, they're facing DeForest Buckner from Indianapolis, and then they face the number one pick in the draft out of Jacksonville coming off the edge with some good guys there. I think that the Raiders' offensive line has really been challenged physically with who they're going up against now. They're in a stretch coming up here, Remember, then after this, when they come back home, they have the Chargers, Bosa, Khalil Mack again. This offensive line that's basically rotating six players has to get to the point now in this game where they're able to get their hands up quickly and slow the pass rush down. And I think the only way that the Raiders are going to be able to slow the pass rush down is that Derek is going to have to take off once or twice early in the game. Problem with Derek running in this game 
as Josh McDaniels told me, not so much. It wasn't about Derek. It was about the Colts defensive linebackers. They have two of the best in the league, and they're pretty good at hunting down quarterbacks and hunting down running backs. Uh, the Colts defense, their rushing defense, is 12th in the league at 114 yards a game. But I told you the passing defense is one of the few that give up less than 200 yards, 192. That puts them in the top sixth overall. So they don't have a lot of offensive stats here. I won't bore you with the Colts' lack of offense. You know about that. But, man, when you look at their defense, it's good. Two calls today, both from uh, Hawaii. Maui Raider checking in. Thanks for calling. Go ahead. Hey, JC. Sorry, it's a little bit windy here, and I can't reach my other one. going to roll it up, man. I'm in the whole van. But I just wanted to call a couple of things. This whole conversation we had yesterday about um, the Colts and not tanking. And I just want to push back a little bit and say, because of your comment, the first thing you said you would do would be to start uh, Matt Ryan and mm-hmm. say, well, they didn't do that. And then they, and he might be hurt, great, but don't they also have Nick Foles on that team as well? Yeah, yep, Nick Foles, absolutely. Another veteran so, who won a Super, Super Bowl. Bowl winning, Super Bowl winning quarterback, and they don't play him either. So I'm not saying the players are tanking, mm-hmm. that's a possibility, JT, but I'm saying ownership and management are 100% tanking by those two moves that they made of, mm-hmm. of bringing Saturday in and not starting Nick Foles if Matt Ryan is hurt. They, they're 100% tanking, man. That's just my. That's I'm fair. I just wanted to get your feedback. No, that's that's fair to say. There's a lot of uh, former players who are on ESPN and Fox who are on the record saying that they're, they're kind of tanking. This is the best way to tank. But I'll counter that because I don't think Jeff Saturday would have took the job if they were tanking. W- what's the upside for Jeff Saturday? He's already on the payroll from Jim Irsay. He's already a retired player with a pension and makes a lot of money on TV. Why would Jeff Saturday leave TV and ESPN, the biggest platform in all cable sports, to go tank and embarrass himself? What would it look like for Jeff Saturday if he went on TV last year and the Colts lost the last seven out of eight games and then he went back to TV and everyone's looking at him going, what's up, Jeff? You got a chance and you blew it for everybody else who wants that opportunity somewhere down the road. Have we lost our bleeping mind? To think that Jeff Saturday, one of the toughest fo- f- toughest football players to ever play, have we lost our mind thinking he's going to come in here part of a conspiracy to tank? Uh, who, who are you listening to? Who, who's putting this in your head? Now, you could say that they, they're not making bold decisions because I think, here's what I do. Remember when they were playing New Orleans a couple weeks ago? Playing New Orleans a few weeks ago, and I said, keep an eye on this. They have Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston. They named Andy Dalton the starter. I said to myself, and I said on the air, what happens if Andy Dalton comes out, throws a pick? Right out of the game. Then you take him out, you put Jameis in. You didn't prepare for Jameis. Jameis plays the whole game. But the Raiders never got the ball past the 50. So the Raiders didn't put themselves in a situation to get Andy Dalton benched. What happens in this game if all of a sudden Sam Ellinger comes out, throws a pick six, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> Jeff Saturday goes, Falls, Ryan, get up. Let's go with you guys. Different game. Different game. I don't know how long they're going to stick with Sam Ellinger, but I don't, I don't know. He could get hurt. That's what every Raider fan should be praying for, Demon. What happens if this happens? What happens if all of a sudden Max Crosby strip sack, Sam Ellinger goes down, I'm going to be screaming from the Twitch lounge, no, no, <laughs> get him up, get him up, get up, get up, get up. That could happen, right? Yeah, it could happen. But like as to Maui Raiders' call, 
where he says that they're tanking because for us as fans, when we just look at the accolades and the resume, you think Matt Ryan, Nick Foles, they're better than Sam Ellinger. No. Why aren't they playing these two accomplished guys? So I see from his perspective of how it could look as if the organization is tanking because mm. we know that those players are never going to tank. Yeah. Every player wants to win because why are they care about a future if they're mm. not going to be around for it? Good point. I've been, I've been lucky, lucky, blessed, fortunate, and some hard work to be around this organization for 24 years. This one. If anybody in this organization ever talks about losing in that building, they're gone. I could say that from Alameda with the former presidents for everybody. If anybody ever suggested in the Raider organization that they couldn't win a game, they can't win a game, and I know some of you fans get crazy. You want me to start off my interview with me, uh, with the coach. Hey, coach, how's it, how, what do you want to do? You want to lose? No, no one wants to lose. It's just win, baby. It's pride and poise. That goes for every team in football. Every team wants to win. Now, the NBA is different. The NBA is completely different. Because you have a guy like LeBron James, or you have an unbelievable player like Shaquille O'Neal, or Tim Duncan, and you're looking at it, you got 30 games left, and you're like, eh, <laughs> we stink. If we lose 27 out of the 30, we can get Shaq, or we can get that. It's happened a lot. I've never seen it happen in the NFL. But they've talked about it, and some teams make roster moves that you look at and you go, man, they look like they're tanking, and that would be this team. I understand why everybody thinks that with Jeff Saturday or a few. I do not. I want to be on record saying I am JT the Brick, focused black hole, getting in there, ready to rock. Be ready. They're coming out like an army, this indie team, out of that tunnel. They're coming out inflamed, embarrassed that guys like Stephen A., my friend, and Skip Bayless and Shannon are like, oh, they, they don't want to win. Oh, they're... No, 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 no. Those are professional football players who might play their last play ever, rupture an Achilles, break something, and never play again. They all want to go out playing professional football at the highest level. The Colts will bring a professional attitude into Vegas. They will not be starstruck. They'll be ready to play. And I'm confident the Raiders will be ready to go, too. Got to get this win. Get this win. Get one win and start feeling that you could stack a win against Russell Wilson, Geno Smith. I can't wait for them to play Geno Smith. Everybody buying Geno Smith jerseys. I've covered his whole career. I know the other Geno Smith. Okay, don't act like they're going up against Russell Wilson, John Elway, Brett Favre in his prime. I'm not saying they're going to beat the Seahawks, but give me some Geno. I want to see some Geno. I want to see Sam Ellinger. I want to see these teams. And I know the Raiders can beat the Chargers. They do when it counts. When we come back, Lee Sterling will pick three games for free. How beautiful is that? A professional handicapper who says, I'll give you three for free, and if you like it, by my service. That's all I've ever asked for. Lee's going to join us next. He's got some good games. Top of the hour. Who do we got? Jake Query from Indy. He's an Indy host. He's very good. Also, Johnny Katz on Vegas Entertainment and the great Gary Lawless on our Golden Knights. That's what I said. Yes, our Golden Knights. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show, brought to you by Remy Martin, the official cognac of the JT The Brick Show. Remy Martin, team up for excellence. JT, back with you. Lee Sterling will join us here in a minute as we continue on. Got a lot to get to. Raiders Colts coming up on Sunday. 105 start, 105 start. Say it with me. 105 start. Why is that so important? Because we need you in your seats. 
They have a lot of surprise entertainment. They have a flyover. It's salute to service. They have an incredible anthem singer. I told you we're going to talk about it with Cats coming up later. John Fogarty. John Fogarty, a Rock and Roll Hall of Famer, is going to do halftime. But we'd really appreciate it. We, the Raider Nation, if you were in your seats and got in there at 105, it makes a big difference when fans think of 125 or 115. The game starts, and we want to, you know, those TV camera looks are important. Brand new franchise in a new city. Road fans like to come here. Why not come to Vegas? Uh, please, everybody, get in there early. We'll be live from the torch. Excited about that at 11 a.m., and we'll take you up to the start of the game with Lincoln Kennedy, Jason Horowitz on the call there. So it's going to be good, man. They, I, I, know, I know not everybody wants to hear about everything that's happening at a Raider game. You want to win football games. I get it. But it's a big deal what they're doing with these concerts and the performers here and how they've been able to hit that out of the park. And we're going to see that coming up here with some pretty unique star-studded performances here because the Raiders haven't been home in a while. And to know that they're going to get a guy like uh, John Fogarty. (laughs) If you haven't seen that show over at Encore Win, go see it. He is really good. All right, so LeBron James says that Kyrie Irving should be able to play now. Who cares what LeBron James thinks on that issue? It's not LeBron James's decision. He's not an owner. He's not a general manager there. But there's LeBron James speaking up. I'll get to that in a little bit. Lee Sterling's been on fire. He gave us the game of the year, Lee, which you did, which was the Patriots over the Jets. You were 2-0 last week, and you predicted Detroit over Green Bay. Way to cash that ticket for your clients. Lee, you got Lee is gone. All right, beautiful. Damon, can we get him on the radio for me, please? Just dial him again. He's ready to go. 702-365-9200. Yeah, this LeBron James story is pretty big. He's not the person. Here's LeBron. He's not the person that's being portrayed. What? What does that mean? Here here you go, Damon. That's the number there. You can call him. Uh, That's really interesting to me that LeBron James is busting open some national news right now on this. Man, that is a podcast waiting to be happened. I am not a guy who says, shut up and dribble. Never been. I want to hear from everybody here. But why is LeBron James, after first staying away from Kyrie and his comments that were anti-Semitic, why are we in a situation now where he's coming to the defense of Kyrie Irving? Could this have something to do with the Lakers trying to make a move for him? Lee Sterling coming off giving us Detroit over Green Bay. How are you, Lee? I'm good. How are you? Really good. Great picks there, plus your game of the year, which was an unbelievable big unit winner when you had the Patriots, uh, excuse me, the uh, was the Patriots over the Jets. Yep, we're going to try to keep rolling 7-1-2 and two for our clients last weekend, so had four weeks this year, 9-3 and three or better. All right, Lee, let's jump in with Oregon yep. minus 13.5 against Washington. Well, I saw Washington lose this year at Arizona State when I was visiting my son. They're better than their record, and Oregon can't afford to lose after getting waxed by Georgia. They want to play in the Pac-12 championship game and go to the Final Four. How do you see this one? Okay, so sometimes it's not who has the more talented team. It's about matchups here. And Washington quarterback Michael Penix, um, trails only Drake May here of North Carolina in total offense. He's on pace to throw for over 4,000 yards. He leads, believe it or not, the number one pass offense. They're going to face Oregon, which has the number 117th ranked pass defense. Uh, also, Washington, decent defense, but what they have most is speed. I think they're going to be able to force uh, some turnovers. Also, maybe able to limit Bo Nick scrambling here. I think Oregon escapes 
42-34, but the Huskies cover. Love that. I love that, too. Washington's got a lot of play for it, too, especially their preseason ranking to where it is, and that's a rivalry game. Here's an interesting one. Texas, minus 7 versus TCU. TCU's ranked fourth in the country. They're in the college football playoff as of now. Explain to me how Texas is a favorite in this game. I don't get it. I mean, at most, they should be a one- or two-point favorite because the game's at home. I mean, they were helped last week. They got to play off the bye uh, when TCU had been through the grinder. Uh, They also get a gift. They didn't have to face quarterback Will Howard, who had destroyed Oklahoma State 48-0, and before he went out was leading TCU 28-10. They instead went with Adrian Martinez. I thought it was a huge mistake Steve Sarkeesian's play calling in the second half has been disastrous. They've been outscored 38-6. to Cool hand Luke quarterback uh, Max Dugan for TCU, 24 touchdowns, just two interceptions. And how have they closed games? Well, the last four games, they've outscored opponents 55-14. to Wrong team favorite. TCU outright 41-38. Yeah, I would love if you're betting TCU, they're already in the four. They're already in the top four, and you're getting points, and they yep. can't afford to lose a game. That seems like a very interesting spot to be in. Your NFL game is an interesting one. I've spent a lot of time this week talking about Josh Allen, who's not going to go here, the elbow injury, what that does for the Buffalo Bills with Minnesota. Buffalo minus three and a half here. Look, I, they got a capable backup here, and Minnesota's got a better record at 7-1. and one. This could have been the game of the year, depending on Josh Allen's status here, if he was at 100% going up against Kirk Cousins. Well, I think if you look at the line, the line opened at 9.5. It's all the way down to 3.5 now. They're kind of telling you that Josh Allen's probably not going to play in this game. But, I mean, Case Keenum, one of the better backups. He played in Minnesota, had some of his uh, best starts there, and, uh, he's going to face the Minnesota team 7-1, and one, but six of their victories have been one-score games here. They have a losing spread mark here, and uh, they're going to also go on the road. And this is a game on the road at Buffalo. The only road game where they placed a team with a winning record was against the Eagles, and they were crushed 24-7. to Tredavious White, it looks like, will be back for this game. He'll be able to match up against Justin Jefferson here. I think Buffalo, lane three and a half at home, I think they're the right side, 24-16. Wow, Buffalo wins and covers without Josh Allen, most likely. Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports, ParamountSports.com. Great friend, long-term friend with a transparent track record. Tell us how to get the game of the week. It's a big one. Dallas minus five, Green Bay. Wonder if Aaron Rodgers is going to bounce back and have some pride at home, and Dallas wants to keep rolling as they're chasing down Philadelphia. Well, this could be a great game. Anyone wants to get it for free, just call 800-400-9741. We'll give them the game for free. Dallas, do they keep rolling? Or can Green Bay, with their backs against the wall, finally get it done? 800-400-9741. We've had 11 out of 13 weeks winning since the start of the preseason. No one can match our record. How about this? You don't need to sign up for a month or a year. You want to try us out for one day. Seven selections on Saturday, $77.00 or five on Sunday, where we have not had a losing Sunday yet, just $55, one place, ParamountSports.com. ParamountSports.com. Good luck, Lee. Talk to you next week. Thanks, JT. Yeah, you need a guy like him. I think you do, because most people can't win, and there's a bunch of new people flooding, flooding sports gambling that don't know anything about sports. Lee does bet with your wallet, not with your head. When we come back, we're going to fly through a couple of guests, hopefully hear from you on the side of the Raiders and how they beat the Colts. All-time series, regular season Raiders 10-8, postseason series tied at one. 
Raiders at home, lifetime four and six against the Colts on the road, six and two. How about that? Dropping knowledge on you in this rivalry. You can bring it all the way back to the Baltimore Colts if you'd like to, and the Oakland Raiders. We'll go out to Indy to talk to one of their premier insiders next and find out what's really going on with the Colts.